Sound effects in this podcast is brought to you by Festlian Studios, BattleBars.com, and Pro Sound, and some of them are made by the Dungeon Master himself. This show is R-rated, so everybody be advised. Hey guys, and welcome back to Nordic D&D The Ariana Saga. My name is John Otnason, and I am the host, narrator, and dungeon master in this Dungeons & Dragons podcast. Welcome to episode 14. In this episode, I think we're going to conclude our flashback with Hunter, and maybe go into the next storyline, which is going to be Sovan Wolfaren. Let's see what time we have for this week's episode. But before we get to anything, let's take a trip and a stop at Camp Lore. Indeed, it's quite a sight, boy. It is. When one wants to travel up the mountain, you have to take these long stairs. It's a long path to take up the mountain, boy. The stairs seem like they're never-ending, but when you get up at the top of the mountain, it is a sight to see again. Along the path, you see large golems made of the celestial stone, peach black. Even their weapons are made of the stone as well. They kneel in front of the path, so one has to walk between them. And when you get to the path's ending, you see two statues, large in size, wearing heavy armor like shield guardians guarding the entrance. Now no one goes up this path into the mountain king halls without a royal invite, lest he wake the golems and the shield guardians. This is amazing, grandfather. Tell me, have you ever been in the royal halls? Few have, boy, but I have. And the marvel, as much as the outside, continues in the inside of the halls. Let me explain, boy. When you walk past these golems made of celestial stone, you come to the entrance and you stand between these large statues, the shield guardians. You're always greeted by an elven man. His name is Aerosmith. He will tell you how to act when entering the halls so you do not get harmed or killed. If there's the smallest suspicion that you are a man wanting ill content or a spy or an enemy, you will be cut down instantly. Now, before we get to that, before even entering the halls, everyone who got an invitation ought to wait until everyone has arrived. There is a cave by the side of the entrance, a large, beautiful cave. The structure is carved out by the best dwarves in the lands of Ariana. But grandfather, if the stones are as hard as steel, how do the dwarves cut them? That is a secret, my boy, that only the dwarves keep to themselves. I don't think even the Mountain King would know. But they have cut out this cave to be such a beauty to look at. And in the middle you see this fireplace, also cut out of the stone. It burns eternally and has never been put out. You are seated down there by Aerosmith, and you are told to wait until everyone has arrived, who got the same invitation as you did. But if one looks up, sitting there, you will see that you are surrounded by 20 bowmen aiming at you the entire time, ready to release by the smallest suspicion of treachery. And this continues when you come inside the great halls. If one is so lucky to be invited to enter the Mountain King Hall, the security is to marvel at. But of course, 
one would understand this. This is the Mountain King, the King of Kings. Now, when you are let inside by Aerosmith, you will see that there are bows pointed at you the entire time. And as you enter the halls of the king, you want to keep your hands at your side at all times. There are hundreds of soldiers on both sides of the halls, with the swords drawn and pointing at you, almost touching your clothes. So walk in a straight line up to the king. If you are to sway on the path, the tip of the swords will cut you. There is no turning in the middle of the path. Their blades are the sharpest in all the kingdoms of Ariana. And as you look up on the balcony, you will see there are 50 bowmen on each side aiming their arrows at you. And there are wizards and sorcerers watching you the entire time, detecting magic. If they detect any Arcanian, necromantic, or any form of magic whatsoever being channeled, you will die before lifting a finger or uttering a single word. These are the king's personal gods. Wow. That's marvelous. One would think that no one has ever dared done anything to trick the Mountain King. No, no one has. No one has dared to try that, my boy. This was Camp Lore. Now we're going to continue with the main story. We are yet to finish Hunter's Flashback. Hunter is sitting in bliss, talking to the half-orc Taurogrim. They are discussing what has happened since Hunter, once a citizen of Angel's Bliss, a citizen of the Empire, one who sat by the King's Court, now has become an enemy of the Empire. We have learned much, but we are yet to finish this story. Last we left our heroes, they had entered Arachne's cave to find proof of the existence of the first monstrosities of Grimna. So far... They just found puzzles, obstacles, and large, strange spiders. And they found out that Ava was looking for something. To their surprise, a book. The heroes told themselves, are we risking our lives for a book? Ava said, yes. This is no ordinary book. This book is called the Nocturnal Cree. And she explained to them the magnificence of this book. An extraordinary find if it will be found. At this point now, the heroes have found and gathered some stones. It seems they are supposed to be used to open a lock, guarding a huge door by the entrance. And now we're gonna see what will happen next with our heroes. In Arachne's cave, our heroes have been to a chamber, that of a tropical nature, where they found a green stone with symbols on it. They took it. They then came to a chamber filled with darkness and shadow, and there they also found a rock with symbols on it. Now they're standing out in the big hall, the main hall. They know they need to find the other stones, so they look to the north. There they plan to enter. We then went to the north door. Behind it there was a corridor that led to yet another door. When we got close to it, we noticed our breath came steaming out of our mouth. The temperature fell at an alarming rate, and then we came to an icy dead end. What now? I asked the others. Hadarai came up to the front to take a closer look at the wall. He wiped his hand on the ice to clear it up a bit, 
Then he took a step back, grabbed his staff and started hitting the ice. He cracked after the first strike, but it took a bit before it broke completely. There was a door behind it. He opened it, and as he did, it was like opening a door to the land of Troll in the deep northern lands of the Giants, where there was winter all year round. The room was covered in snow and ice, and wind was hurling around. We took the first steps inside, and the cold cut us like blades. We tried to scout out the area, jumping in and out of the door to get some heat at times. I took a turn outside getting some warmth when there came a cone of ice flying from two directions. Hadarai was able to avoid the blast by jumping out to the hall where I was. The others were not so lucky. As soon as the blast stopped, we both jumped back in to see what it was. The others took a hit, but were okay. And we saw two light blue spiders with white stripes on their backs. The same size as the black and green ones from before. And a third jumped out in front of us. There was nothing to do but to fight. At least these spiders were easy to see. But we rotated while fighting, so we took turns fighting out in the halls. So the temperature did not weaken us too much. But it was hard. Those of us with power to wield fire magic did so. That helped fighting the cold and the spiders took more damage from the flames. The fight was overwhelming though. Fighting three of them at once became difficult. After a while we were able to kill them. And when it was done we noticed Kedal was missing. He was out there somewhere in the extreme cold. Hadarai jumped in after him to drag him out to us. After Hadarai got him out, we closed the door. And the heat from the depth of the cave warmed us back up. We still need to find a similar stone like the others. It's somewhere here. Ava reminded us. We took a look at one another and decided that I was the one in best shape after the fight. I was really sarcastic about the matter. Yes, of course. Send a tiefling into the icy cold. Great idea. But they were right. So after a few minutes I took a healing potion and went in. It was the longest walk in my life, not because of the distance, but that cold was killing me. It was really hard to concentrate about searching in this extreme cold. I remember falling a few times to my knees when the pain became too much. I tried to gather myself and after searching for what seemed like the longest of time, my eyes fell on a blue shape lying under a cliff between ice pins. I went for it, grabbed it, did not even look at it, I just ran to get back outside. When I saw the door to the hall, the others were waiting and came running to aid me, which was good because I felt an exhaustion right after seeing the door. I was not able to go any further, it became too much. Had I not gotten that far, the others would not have been able to see me. I most likely would not have made it. The others came and dragged me out did not stop until we make it back to the great chamber. They had lit one of the big fire lanterns in the room and put me there to recover. I would understand after all you've gone through together. It creates a strong bond. You're lucky to have each other. 
You're right. I thought I worked best alone, but this last few weeks has shown me the worth of being part of a party. The worth of having good friends to watch your back. Anyway, I must have fallen asleep, for when I woke up, the others were again looking at the door, discussing what the trick was with the rocks. It seemed like they were all in good shape, so the short rest was just what we needed. No need to rest anymore. There was one more door we needed to go through, and we all knew what was coming, another type of the same spider. The last room was easy, now that we knew what was coming, and to my advantage that room was hot like an oven, and that is no problem for me. In there I was quick to kill the spiders and find the last stone. The others helped a bit, but it was mostly me that took them down. Anyway, now that we had all the stones, we went into the big chamber and took a look at the big door. Before we open this thing, will it not be wise to rest and gather our strength? For we do not know what we'll find inside. Kedal so wisely asked. We agreed. Good, let's let's go over there. And he pointed over to the southeast corner where it was more open. We walked over there. Eero was not so sure this was a great place to rest. It's really open. I got this. Kedal assured her and lifted his hand, forming a cup like before when we first met. This will keep us safe. And we rested there. As we were resting, we started hearing something making loud steps. At first, I thought it came from behind the large door, but it didn't. And the steps became even louder, like something was coming closer. And then Kedal started looking up and said in a low voice. Guys, it is, it is coming from above us. And then it jumped down to the same level as we were. A large black spider creature with an upper torso of a man with long white hair. He looked around the room. Kedal was quick to stay. Easy, it, it can't see us. Eva, is that a Rockney? I asked. No, it's not the right color or size. I know that face. This is something else. This is a drider. And I think we found our once lost wizard. Click the right. Have I looked at it to you, my friend? Ava replied with a low voice. I don't think he's your friend anymore. I said to Ava. He started getting close and I was getting anxious. So what's the plan, Ava? She seemed unsure. As you said. Right, go to the far end of this magic cube. Now we'll go to the other end. I want to try and talk with it. You cover me from there, where it can't see you. We agreed, and so we did. Something's not right here. The dryder's legs were starting to cross over to the magic cup. I supposed to remember. Cloudy little mind of mine. It was almost on its way between where we were and where Eva was, but it did not see us yet. Then Eva stepped out of the cup, shouting the wizard's name. Right, old friend, you have changed. Ah, there you are. 
I smelled you, but I did not see you anywhere. You said something familiar to me. What was it? Right. Yes, that is right. I was once known by that name. But something changed me. I evolved for some reason. Where are my journals? Ah, that is right. I was prohibited from finishing my work. I was. Those whispers, yes. I was looking for something. I found it not here. That is what happened. It was relocated. Somewhere else. Are you talking about nocturnal creed, Victor, right? Eve, I interrupted. Yes. The nocturnal creed, yes. Disappointing to learn it is not here. Such a waste. But moved to Boy. The grave city of Boy, you mean? Is the Nocturnal Creed there? Why do you ask? You can't have it. It is mine to find. You stay away! He started getting hostile, then Eva tried to calm him. Easy, right? Stay calm. You said you were prohibited from your work. Yes, yes. I'm finished. It is. What is? Whispers. I heard the whispers through the wall. We're distracting. And I remember, no more. Wait, wait, wait. I smell more of you. Why have you come here? Have you come to steal from me? To interrupt my work. It is mine. And it went for Ava. So I cast a firebolt at the thing. That pissed it off. Thou cast a spell on the ground underneath it, so it cracked and broke. Making it hard to walk. And splinters from the ground cut into it. Gave out a loud yell and started going for us. But the cracked floor made it hard to get to us quick enough. So we were able to scatter. He shot a web at us in frustration. With my words. But missed us all. Eva casted the spirit weapon, hitting it in the back. It looked around trying to figure out who attacked. Where are you? It looked around trying to figure out who to attack and saw Hatterai and went up the wall. Up we go. Avoiding the broken ground, jumping over to him and attacking him multiple times. <laughs> Eva tried to get its attention by reminding him of his past self, but no. He's too far gone. Kill him. Kidal thorn whipped him, and I started rapidly firing arrows through the air at him. That got his attention, so he came at me, attacked me multiple times, and got me an every hit. I was really beaten up. <laughs> 
Ava started slashing it with her great sword. And it went for her. Kadar was at her side, so I was able to attack them both multiple times as well. Hadarai came running to its side, punching him, but the uneven ground made it hard for him to hit him. My friends were too close to it for me to do any real damage by casting strong fire at it, so I used firebolts. Luckily they hit him good and took his attention off Eva and Kadal. So now I had his focus back on me and I had backtracked the entire time giving it a nice distance away from him. Eva ran to the south and Kadal to southwest. I was in the north direction from him. But for some reason as the drider was coming at me it changed its course and went for Hadarai who was on its east side. Must have been closer since it went for him. They both came over the broken ground at this point, so it started bashing Hadarai good. We attacked it as much as we were able to, to try and get it down. Hadarai was kicking and punching and got some really good hits on it, so an opening came and he was able to escape. But the escape did not last long before it was on him again. It went determinedly at Hadarai. He just continued attacking, but it only slowed him down. He gave Hadarai a fierce attack, knocking him down. This time, Hadarai knocked it up. Luckily, Gadal saw an opening under the large drider as it was stretching his legs, lifting its body up to take a final blow at Hadarai. Kadal glided underneath him so he was able to get over to Hadarai. And Ava and I started giving it all we had. Dragged him outside. Kadal was able to pull Hadarai away and heal him. The drider was starting to look really bad, with multiple arrows in it and cuts all over its body. I don't feel so good. My research must wait. So once Hadarai was stable, Kadal jumped on the dry's back, finding a soft spot that was severely cut open, and jammed his staff down, severing its spine, puncturing its belly. So the staff went right through it. The large body came crashing down, and it was dead. It was a fierce fight, but it was over, and we all made it. I looked at the exoskeleton of the thing and did not seem like it was damaged all over. It was extremely hard in some places, where our arrows and blades did not even scratch it. So I got the bright idea to cut around it and retrieve it, try to find a skillful enough blacksmith to make an armor out of it. I put it in my bag of holding. Kadal and Hadarai was conversing about their well-being and joined them to see how they were doing. Ava was already standing at the large door, thinking. She turned around and asked me for the rocks. 
I put them on the ground in front of her, and I gave her a satchel I found on the dryer with some scrolls. She looked at me and asked, What was on the scrolls? I answered, Ava, I was told that there was none of my business what was on them, so I don't know. She was moving the rocks around looking at them and asked, So you didn't look, or is it because you don't understand the language it's written in? I started to grin a bit and answered, That may be the reason. She looked at me and grinned a little also. It's because it's written in uncommon. I see. I'll get the others, I replied. She was shaking her head a bit, smiling. Yeah, let's gather and open this door. And she continued with the stones. We were all standing looking at the door. I must say that it did not make much sense to me, all these markings, symbols and colors. Get them to match and figure out what goes where, blah blah blah, it was so boring. And it took so long, I started looking in my bag for a snack and I found an apple, while the nerds were figuring out the doors. As I was eating and walking around, I of course overheard the jibber jabber, there was something about the letter, it had symbols on it. Uh, the symbols had a specific color, each symbol different color, and the stones had the same colors as the symbols on the letter, green, black, blue, and yellow. But each stone had all four symbols on it, but in the same color as the stone. There were four platforms on the ground where we were standing that had four symbols on them as well, but in a neutral color. After they had been discussing it for some time, they figured out that the letter revealed what symbol of the stone was the right side to use. The one that matched the symbol and color on the letter. So it seemed easy enough to set the right symbol with the right color on the right spot on the platform. And when it did, it clicked. Hmm. I remember saying to myself in a low voice, finally. So they put the stones in each place and they all clicked. When the last piece was set in place, the rock started rolling. But it seemed to roll off its place. They did something wrong. I'm pretty sure I was wrong my eyes as well at the matter, but at least I was enjoying a good apple. I was walking around them eating as I was chewing a big piece. I told them, maybe it has something to do with the holes in the rocks. They seemed kind of annoyed at me for some reason. Maybe they felt you weren't helping and being a smartass. Yeah, I got that feeling too. So I just said to them, excuse me, and continue eating my apple. They tried aligning all the holes, but still keeping the symbols in the right place. It did not work. The stone started spinning and fell off. Then they tried moving the symbols in its place to try something different. That did nothing, the stones did not even turn. Well, this is stupid. After all this, and we're stopped by a door. And I took a last bite of my apple, leaning on a long rod, sticking out of the ground right in front of the symbols on the ground. And it was moving, as I was leaning on it. Hmm. I grabbed it and shaked it, to take a closer look at what it was, and I found out it could be ticked over the way over the symbols are aligned on the ground. Hmm. The others had their back turned on me. I got a smile on my face and said to the others, Oh, Brainiacs, I think I figured it out. They turned to me with a blank look on their face. I walked over to them, pushing them away, taking the rocks off the symbols and giving them each one to hold, leaving the last one on the ground. So I walked over to the rod and pushed it down with my hoof, and it fell over. 
so they were standing vertically over the symbols. I had the most satisfying feeling you can ever imagine looking at the others. Still chewing the last of my apple, Hatterai knew I was gloating, so he was smiling as well. Kedal soon started smiling as well. Eva did not, she was extremely annoyed. It was glorious. Kedal was the first to break the tension. Well, let's open it. And started putting the stones of the rod through the holes that were on them. So there's still a line matching colors and symbols. The stones started turning as before. Now the rod held them in place. And then a loud crack came from the door and dust flew from it. Like the door has not been opened in centuries. And as we were to enter the chamber, a screech that chilled us to the bone was heard. And out of the darkness came a massive, huge spider with red glowing eyes. The right horror. Ape said as her mouth dropped open. It was white indeed, hairy and ancient looking. It came running to us. Running through us like we were not even there. Jumping on the wall behind us, crawling to the opening from where the drider came. And out of nowhere, Ava shouted at her. Stop! And I just looked at her and said, I don't think you wanted to stay, Ava. She had a confusing look on her face, like not realizing what she was doing. He came back, standing on a cliff looking down at us. And it opened its mouth and a ball of fire came flying at us, exploding on us. Fire filled the room and when the fire was gone, so was the spider. In as bad a shape as we were, we all rose alive. Kedal looked up on the cliff and asked, Was that? And before he was able to finish, Eva answers, Arachne. But he was gone. We then after letting who we just met sink in, went into the chamber. I was the first one in, and it was full of gold, an amount I've never seen before. When Ava entered the chamber, I was standing among all the gold. I looked at her and said, I think it's time to call for the soldiers outside. 
Ava agreed, and in came the soldiers, collecting the gold and whatever they were finding in value. Search the place, men! Remember the king wants every piece of gold and diamonds. Go in there to the big chambers. Gather everything. So, Arachne, the white horror is real and alive? Where is he? We do not know. We... As Hunter was talking to Taogrim, he was interrupted by a ranger coming into the tent. Taogrim, the Magi is here to see Hunter. He seems in a hurry. Thank you, Milam. We better continue this conversation later, Hunter. Just remind me where we left off. That's fine, Taogrim. Next time I'll tell you how my entire look on the slave trade changed. And how we became enemies of the Empire. Sounds like a grand tale. Let's go fix that problem of yours. And we have reached the conclusion of Hunter's flashback. Well, now we didn't make it to Sovan, but we will do that in the next episode when we start off again. Now, many things have happened. If you recall last session with Sovan, he went to the Shadowfell and has returned. But what happened next? We'll just have to wait and see. Thanks for stopping by. Music used in this podcast is brought to you by Festlin Studios and BattleBars.com. And all the cool sound effects we used as well is brought to you by BattleBars.com. If you want cool sound effects like we used, go to our homepage, click on the link, it'll take you directly to battlebars.com and let them know Nordic D&D sent you. It's a great way to support the channel, and remember guys, leave a comment and tell us what you think. See you next week, nerds. Goodbye.